aren't you thankful that we have hope beyond the grave? Amen. I mean, if the grave was the period and the end of the story, I'll be honest with you, I'd be miserable in my life. I'm so glad that we have eternity together. It's not just time on earth we have together, but we have eternity if we have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he's our hope today. Uh, if you have a copy of God's Word, we'll be in the Old Testament, the book of the Psalms, chapter number 30, Psalm chapter number 30. And I want to invite you to take out your Bible, turn to Psalm 30, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1 down through verse number 5. And one thing that we do like to invite you to do with us is stand with us as we reverence the reading of God's Word. And um, just because we stand to read the Bible doesn't make us spiritual. Amen? And if we sit down and read our Bibles, it doesn't make us unspiritual. Amen? All right, Psalm chapter number 30, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. For His anger endureth but a moment, in His favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Let's pray. Father, we do rejoice today in your salvation. We want to say thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for giving us a Bible. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for hope and thank you for eternal life. And Lord, I ask now that you would empty me of myself, cleanse me of every sin in my life. And God, fill me with your spirit, God, that I may minister the word of God to the people of God in the house of God for the glory of God. I pray, God, you bless the children next door, minister to them. God, feed our soul today, encourage us, help us, God, to walk with you no matter how dark the night may feel. Help us to trust you, God, no matter how deep the pain may be. Help us, God, today to take our eyes off of everything happening around us and help us to fix our gaze on you. God, we declare today that Jesus Christ is alive, that He is Lord and He is King. We declare today that Satan is a defeated foe because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Uh, this morning, I'm interested in this small word, joy. Uh, we're living in days where joy is absent in most of our lives. If you're like me, I struggle with being a joyful 
Christian. There are so many things that attack our joy. There are so many things that rob us of the peace that gives birth to joy in our lives. If you are an avid news watcher, I promise you, you struggle keeping joy at an all-time high in your life. You may be in a family situation that makes being joy very difficult, joyful, very difficult. You may have bills this high and an income this low, and sometimes it's hard to have joy when the deck is stacked against you. You may be battling a crisis of your health right now, and that has the tendency to rob us of being joyful in our lives. You may be facing an obstacle. You may be facing a challenge. You may be facing a private difficulty that no one in this room knows about, and that can make being joyful very difficult in our life. The truth of the matter is this. Most of the times, believers don't have any more joy than the world. We sometimes are moved by our circumstances. When things are going in our favor, we've got joy, joy, joy deep in our heart. But when things go the opposite way and things seem to be pulling us down, where did the joy go? It's still hidden somewhere, amen? It's not being visible. It's not being noticeable. And I believe that we as believers have been called to live joyful lives. Jesus said it this way, I came to give you life. And not just life to barely get by and survive, but he came to give us life more abundantly. And so we as believers, we are called to joy. Now, here's a question I want to ask. Uh, what is joy? Think about that in your heart. What would you say joy is? Is joy just a fleeting thing in your life? Is joy something that comes and goes just like the weather? Is joy something that escapes your definition? Uh, I would submit this this morning. Joy is a deep spiritual reality. Did you get that? It's a deep spiritual reality. It is part of the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians says that joy is part of that fruit of the Spirit. Um, also, I want to ask you this. Where does joy come from? What is the source of joy? Where does joy come from? Does joy come from a raise at work? Does joy come from a new marriage? Does joy come because a child is born? Where does joy come from? I would say this, if joy comes from anything other than Jesus, it's not biblical joy. The reason why is if joy is produced by anything other than Jesus, it will be temporary. It will be short-lived. It will be fair-weather joy. But joy that Jesus gives, it's eternal. It never changes. It never fades. It never gets rattled. Why? Because the source of joy, which is Jesus Christ, He never 
fades. He never gets rattled. He never changes. So if our joy has its source in the Lord Jesus Christ, then we can maintain a life of joy that overflows no matter what obstacles we face in life. No doubt there are seasons that we grieve. There's no doubt seasons that we are full of sorrow. There are no doubt seasons of heaviness, but we can still be carried by joy if it comes from Jesus. The Bible speaks of this word joy 155 times. Joy is seen in other forms, but just the word joy itself 155 times. I want to give you just a few places, a few reasons, a few thoughts this morning from the scripture that I pray can help you stay supplied with joy. They can help you stay filled with joy. I believe that joy is a good testimony for a believer, don't you? I mean, there's nothing. I believe, I believe the worst testimony of a believer is a complaining Christian. I, I, there's just something about complaining that I can't really live around. There is something about complaining that's difficult to listen to when you know someone has been saved and you know someone has been forgiven and you know someone is going to heaven and all their life is characterized by complaining. I want you to know I wouldn't want to be a Christian listening to some Christians complain about Life. Anybody live around any complainers? Anybody work with some complainers? Anybody live around negative Neds or negative Nancys in your life? I believe that joy is the prescription for a complaining Christian. Here's the truth of the matter, Brother Jim. We don't have anything to complain about. When we take a step back and push back from life and we push back from the table and we examine our lives, God has been good to us all the days of our life. Every morning that I wake up and when I lay my head down, or is that just a song we sing? Or is that just a song it sounds pretty or is it true has God been good to you brother has God been good to you sister has God been good to your church is he really good has he been good all the days of your life if God has been good all the days of my life there is nothing to complain about if all things God's working together for the good in our life, there is nothing to complain about. Listen, complaining not only uh, robs you of your joy. Listen, it sucks the joy out of everyone around us when we complain. I believe I'm the most miserable person to be around, Brother Eddie, when I am complaining. You can ask my wife and my children. I do my fair share of complaining and uh, it's not a joy to be around. Let me give you a few reasons that we have to be joy-filled believers. I want you to see number one, because of salvation. That's reason enough to be joyful in our 
lives. Let me give you a verse of scripture to show you this. Psalm 51 and verse number 12. In Psalm 51 and verse number 12, the psalmist says, by the Spirit of God, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free Spirit. Did you see that? Salvation gives joy to everyone that knows salvation. But listen, that word restore, it teaches us that the joy of salvation can escape us, that we can lose the joy of salvation. I remember as a young kid, uh, like most, I guess, ladies my mother's age, she really was in love with Tom Cruise. Anybody else uh, When you, anybody else in there with my mama? Amen. I mean, she liked any Tom Cruise movie. And I remember when she watched that movie, uh, the airplane movie, what's it called, Top Gun? That movie, Top Gun, I'm not recommending it. I don't know. I'm not saying nothing about it. But my mama, she liked Tom Cruise. Sorry, Yvonne, if you're watching. She liked Tom Cruise and Patrick Swayze. And I remember as a young kid watching them movies with Mama sometimes on the television. And listen, there was a song, one part in that movie Top Gun that says, You've lost that loving feeling. You know, sometimes in the Christian life, we, le- we lose that joyful feeling of salvation. But I believe that salvation is the foundation of our joy. I believe without salvation there is no real joy in any human being's life. Why? Because joy is first introduced to us through the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, you think about what salvation is. I was born in sin. I was conceived in sin. I was born separated from God because of my sin. My mother did not make me sin. My daddy did not make me sin. My grandparents did not make me sin. My brothers did not make me sin. My school teachers did not make me sin. My coaches did not make me sin. But I sinned against God because I was born a sinner. And I'm guilty before a holy God. I've transgressed God. I've sinned against God. I've fallen short of God's glory and when I stand before God on my own I am guilty there is no way out of that there is no way explaining that I'm condemned to die I have an eternal home in hell separated from God but one good day on Christmas morning Jesus Christ was born in a manger and Jesus Christ came and he took on the sin of the world And he that knew no sin, he became sin for me uh, that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. Uh, And then Jesus Christ, who never would die and never deserved to die, he carried a cross and he crawled up a hill uh, and he hung between two thieves and he gave up the ghost. God, Emmanuel, died for me. Listen, I've got a lot of reason to be joyful. Why? Because I was on my way to hell and now because of Jesus' death and His resurrection, I am on my way to heaven. Listen, before Jesus
Jesus came, I, I was a good for nothing, low down, dirty sinner. But when Jesus came to my life, he made me a saint of God. I, he made me a child of God. I, he made me a new creature in Jesus Christ. And now I can say I'm not perfect, but I am forgiven. I, I've been washed by the blood of Jesus. I've been filled with the sweet spirit of God. I've been made new. And it's in salvation is free. It's available to everybody. I'm glad as a 21-year-old young boy, I was lost. I was without direction. I had no purpose in life. I was a stranger to God. I'd never read a Bible in my life. I didn't know John 3.16. I had never opened a hymnal in my life. But Jesus Christ, He didn't care. That didn't bother Him. He came right into my sin-filled life and gave me salvation. Boy, that's a lot to be joyful about. Brother John, I'm just so happy. I mean, can't you tell? I'm just so thrilled where God found me. I mean, if it wasn't for Jesus, some of you would be in jail today. If it wasn't for Jesus, some of you would be divorced today. If it wasn't for Jesus, some of you wouldn't have a mom and daddy today. If it wasn't for Jesus, some of you wouldn't be in your right mind today. If it wasn't for Jesus, some of you couldn't hold down a job today. If it wasn't for Jesus Christ, you'd still be a good-for-nothing liar, thief, cheat. But Jesus forgave me and He forgave you. That's the joy of salvation. That's where joy begins in knowing who I was without Jesus and who Jesus has made me. There's only one way to get out of this world alive and that's by trusting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. When I was 21, I said something like this, Jesus, I am a sinner. I have sinned against you and I'm guilty before you. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Thank you for sending Jesus to be my Savior. Lord, I give my life to you if you'll take me. At that moment, Jesus saved my soul. Aren't you thankful that salvation is simple? Aren't you thankful that God makes it so simple that a child can receive salvation? That He pursues us all the days of our life? with a hope and a desire that every one of us would call on Jesus that we might be saved. Listen, I'm joyful today when nothing else is going right, when the bank account says it's low and the world says things are out of control and the enemy's breathing threats down my neck, sometimes the only thing I can go back to is thank God I'm saved. Number two, not just our salvation. I want you to see, number one, our salvation. But number two, we can be joyful because of our future. My goodness, we have a bright future, brother and sister. I know today may be full of many dangers, toils, and snares. 
I know today may be full of difficulty and trials and heartaches and confusion and depression and disappointments. I know that the world today that we live in is full of trouble and full of hardship and full of difficulty. But listen, child of God, we are passing through this world. This world is not our home. We have a bright future ahead of us. And sometimes I believe that we get caught up so much in the now that we forget about the then. You know, used to, in years gone by, a lot of songs that we used to hear about were songs about heaven. And uh, then somewhere along the way, songs have become more about life on earth. And then somewhere along the way, songs have become more about our personal struggles in life. But you know, I believe that when the saints of old sang about heaven uh, every day at home and every day in Bible study and as they went down the road, I, I believe they were more joyful in their life. Why? Because all we sing about is our pain and all we sing about today is our suffering and all we sing about today is how hard life is and all we sing about today is how daddy wasn't there and mama wasn't there and we got to make it through life emotionally damaged but thank God he's putting us back together you don't believe me go listen to the average uh, Christian uh, station my goodness it's all about now it's all about how hard life is now I like some of it but my goodness some of that stuff makes me feel depressed some of that stuff makes me feel alright that I'm so messed up because everybody else is so messed up but listen we used to sing songs about how beautiful heaven must be and how many used to sing songs in the sweet by and by. We'll better understand it that day. And that used to bring joy into the church and joy into our home and joy into our life. Why? Because we stop looking at how hard it is now and we realize that man's days are few and they're full of trouble. And Jesus said in this life you would have tribulation and in this life mamas would turn against daughter-in-laws and fathers would turn against son-in-laws and children and we're turning against mom and dad. Jesus said it's going to be hard, but we shouldn't focus on the hard. My goodness, the hard makes me sad. My goodness, the hard makes me depressed. My goodness, the hard makes me want to put a screwdriver into my eardrum. Listen, brother and sister, we got a home in heaven. We're passing through this world and we may live to be 100. We may live to be 90, but Paul said the suffering of this present life, it's not worth Now y'all can help me preach or not. I'm still going to preach anyway. He says the sufferings of this life, they're not worthy to compare to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Listen, Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was stoned. Paul was beaten with rods. Paul was mocked. And he said, this light affliction, it works in me a far more eternal way to glory. Hey, listen, if Paul said that his suffering was light, brother and sister, your suffering is minuscule. Oh, it's so hard. You know why we get stuck in it so hard? Because our eardrums are being pumped full with poor, poor you. 
Oh, poor you. It's all about you. Make your life better. Get your life fixed. Hey, the last time I checked, Jesus snatched me out of hell and made me new so I could live for another world. And I could take as many people to heaven with me as possible. He didn't leave me here to talk about how hard it is and how lonely it is and how difficult it is. You say, preacher, that's insensitive. My goodness, we should be more aware of Jesus in our life than our pain. We should be more aware of Jesus in our life than our sin. Uh, Hey listen we are living for another world. Uh, Hey listen one day there'll be no more sorrow there. There'll be no more suffering there. There'll be no more sickness there. There'll be no more heartache there. Listen what we spend our time talking about now it will no longer exist there. Why don't we go ahead and set our affection on things above where Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. Amen, Brother John, you're really helping me. Well, praise the Lord, I'm glad I could help you today. Brother and sister, listen to what Hebrews 12, 2 says. I know, guys, our suffering's real, but Jesus is greater than our suffering. Hey, the cross you've been called to carry, God designed it for you. Stop belly aching. Stop crying about it. Stop moaning about it. And give God some glory. He said take up your cross. He didn't say cry about it or find somebody to give it to. Don't throw rocks at me. I mean, didn't he say take up your cross and follow me? Didn't he say deny yourself? Listen, Jesus, when he was going to the cross... He had been whipped with the cat of nine tails. They had plucked the beard from his chin. They had put a crown of thorns on his head. They had hit him in the head with a reed. They had punched him in the face. They had put a scarlet robe around him and mocked him and said, prophesy, O king, who's hit you? They humiliated him. They belittled him. They mocked him. They lied about him. They deceived him. They damaged him physically. They damaged him mentally. They damaged him emotionally and this is Emmanuel this is God himself and the Bible says as a sheep before his shears he opened not his mouth he opened not his mouth Hebrews 12 2 now how are we supposed to suffer with joy very easy looking unto Jesus I believe believers today have their eyes on everything else but Jesus. We're constantly trying to find people that can identify with us. We're constantly trying to find people that can make us feel better. Look unto Jesus, child of God. Look unto Jesus, O ye saints of the Lord. Look unto Jesus, ye children of the Most High. He says He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the, here it is, joy set before Him. Do you know how Jesus endured the cross and despised its shame? Because He had joy in the suffering. Listen, come here. When's the last time you found joy in your suffering? 
don't we spend all of our time trying to reverse our suffering? Don't we spend so much money and energy trying to remove our suffering? Listen, Jesus found joy in His suffering because He knew that His suffering had a, listen, purpose. You know what I believe we forgot as a church? That our suffering has purpose. Do you know why I believe we have lost sight that our suffering has purpose? Because humanism has taken over the church. And we've made the gospel all about our comfort instead of His glory. You've not only been called to believe on the Lord Jesus, you've also been called to suffer with the Lord Jesus. Jesus found joy in the future product of His suffering. Now whether you know it or not, this is good preaching. <laughs> Listen, do you know what the joy in front of Jesus' suffering was? The church. See, His suffering got us out of hell. His suffering gave us a new life. His suffering gave us a new heart and a new home. His suffering brought so much liberty to us that He was able to endure His suffering because of the future. Now listen, your suffering too is designed by God. And your suffering is bringing many sons and daughters unto glory if we'll stop complaining and if we'll find joy and if we'll close our mouths and commit ourselves to God and live like we believe God. <laughs> live like we trust God. It's easy to sing about but it's another thing to live out. Brother and sister, we have a home in heaven. And listen, the suffering that we go through now brings God glory. My goodness. There's joy in the suffering. It doesn't feel good. I don't like it. I failed the test 99.999 bar over it repeating times. But that still doesn't change the fact that I sin against God every time I complain in my suffering. We sometimes think sins are these gross, wicked things. Did you know complaining about your lot in life is sin against God? Jesus said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. I this cup of suffering, this cup of wrath, if it be possible, let it pass. But if not, let thy will be done, not mine. You know, he prayed that three times. He spent three hours in prayer, the Bible says. And he said the same thing every time. Did you know that it's okay to get alone with God and say, God, if it's possible, let this cup pass. But if not, I still love you. 
If not, I still trust you. If not, I'll still walk with you. Number three, I want you to see this. Not only is there joy in our salvation, there's also joy in our suffering. Number three, I want you to see there's joy in the presence of God. You know, you don't have to wait until you die to enjoy the presence of God. We can enjoy the presence of God today. Now, I don't know about you, but in my personal life right now, I'm struggling being aware of God's presence in my life. That's me personally. I'm in that place where I don't really know where God's at. God, I don't know where He's here. I don't know if He's I don't know in my personal life, the presence of God, I'm missing enjoying that right now. Now, there's been seasons... I've enjoyed it, but I'm in a season now where the presence of God, I'm reading His Word, I'm praying, but I still feel all alone. Anybody else ever feel that way? All right, praise the Lord. I'm glad I'm not alone. You're helping me, amen? Listen to Psalm 16, verse 11. Psalm 16, verse 11. Notice what the Bible says. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is, watch this, fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. You know, in God's presence is where we find joy. In God's Presence in my life, knowing God is with me, sensing God near me, seeking God. Jeremiah prophesied this way, seek me. And when ye seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. You know, Titus, he's in the children's church. Brother Ben, if you want to, we're going to have a time of invitation. You got something, you can come. Titus, he... uh, he loves playing hide-and-go-seek. Oh, my goodness. What's so funny about it is he's the worst player of hide-and-go-seek. So he'll tell me, Dad, I'll count you go hide, but tell me where you're going to hide. That's what he tells me. So I'll go and I'll hide somewhere, and boy, Titus, he'll, he'll be looking everywhere. You know, I'll be behind the door. I can see him through the crack. You know, I'm watching the door. And he'll come around this side of the door, and I'm watching. I'm looking at the top of his head, and he'll say, Are you under the covers? No. Are you in the dresser? He'll pull out the dresser drawer. No. I can't find you. <laughs> That's what I do. He'll, he'll eventually, after a few seconds, I can't find you. And he'll, he'll stop, and he'll wait, and then I'll say, Hey. He'll ease over where I'm at. And then he'll stop and say, I can't find you. And then I'll go, hey. And then eventually he'll peek around the door and say, I found you. And I'm thinking, no, you didn't. You know, I'm personally just struggling in my own walk with the Lord. And I was hiding behind the door the other day, 
watching him look for me. In his little mind, I could have been anywhere. I could have been in Georgia. I could have been in Kentucky. I could have been at the church. In his little mind, if he cannot see me, he thinks I'm really gone. Because he'll cover his eyes and say, Dad, you're gone. And as I was watching him, I realized that I was very near him, even though he didn't realize it. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, John, I know you can't see me. And I know you can't identify what I'm doing in your life right now, but I see you. I am with you. And as Titus began to look, are you under the covers? No. Are you in the drawer? I could see myself going, God, are you here? God, are you there? God, where are you? And then went right before. See, I can watch Titus. If I wait too long, he'll quit looking for me and go find another toy and start playing. And he'll leave me behind the door. And I've learned I can wait until he's about to quit. And I can speak his name. And as soon as I speak his name, he's fully engaged. And God said, I know when to let you find me. I know what I'm doing in your life. I see where you're at. I know what you feel. And I am with you. Keep searching. Keep asking. Keep knocking. And it will be opened. And it will be found. And it shall be given. You know, it's amazing when, when Titus finds me, his face lights up and he goes, you're it. And he runs to the house. I found him, I found him, I found him. You know, it's amazing how being in my presence brings a fullness of joy in his life. You know, God loves you, brother and sister. God loves you, sinner. God cares about you and God knows everything we're facing. And I want you to know under the authority of God, He has not misplaced you. He has not lost you. He has not forgotten about you. His eyes are always on your life to bless you and to cause good for you and to work something greater in your life than you can even imagine. And I know some of you are on the edge of quitting, you're on the edge of giving up on God, but I want you to know at just the right moment, He'll call your name. Yes, Lord. And I promise you that joy that you've lost will be returned to you in a fullness. Now here's the invitation this morning. If you will, just stand to your feet. Two parts of this invitation. Number one, if you have never been saved, God wants to save you today. You can be saved by simply calling on the name of Jesus just like I did.
Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I need you to save me. He'll save you in a moment. You may be here today, and you've got to be honest. You're just in this season a complaining Christian. Why not let's repent of that? I'm going to. And let's ask God to make us joyful Christians. Father, I thank you for our time today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your sweet spirit. I thank you, God, for the people that have gathered today. And Lord, today we pray that you would save anyone that's never been saved. And I ask, Lord, that you would forgive those of us like me that have spent recent days complaining, maybe verbally or maybe just in our heart. God, would you forgive us, wash us, cleanse us, and restore joy to our life? God, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.